Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on? <laughs> for that. Ladies and gentlemen, Dale Lippin in here, my partner in crime, straight from the Taliban headquarters himself, <laughs> Trey Van Buskirk. What's going on, man? I put up my bison head, so yeah, I did. that's I pretty did. goddamn American. I see that, man. I see that. You really, every time we do this, you've got one more thing sticking to the wall. So yeah. first, it was your, what was that, Princeton? Where'd you go to school at? <laughs> yeah yeah princeton we'll go with that okay so so your your uh your grand canyon university diploma and then we've got your 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 black and white surf pick even though you live at the beach which doesn't make sense to me yeah and then the, what are the new additions what is that a post-it note with your with your wi-fi password what is that behind <laughs> you there oh it's my social security actually your social security all right and then you've got uh the fake skull of a midget cow behind you right now Yes. Yes. Excellent. Hoped, I hope to have up here actually the heads of uh, a bunch of bookies that I'm going to beat this weekend. That's, that's oh, the plan. Yeah. I mean, you should you should be in good spot. I mean, you probably took a couple thumbs and maybe an ear or two after this last weekend. I feel like we both did, and we you know we talked about this possibly consolidating our plays because if we do, the vanity of how we do as a collective team is is so much greater. Yeah, for sure. And well, that's what we did last season, and it it worked out wonderfully. We just one team, one fight, the whole thing, and it worked out beautifully. Uh, we've been a little bit more at odds this year, but collectively, a good night's a good night. Uh, we absolutely mopped the prelims, and then the main card, you know, did what main cards do: a little bit of judging, a little bit of, a little bit of unexpected. The theater of the unexpected is the fight game, as they say. Yeah, you, you said I don't want to be the group that constantly, every single week, criticizes the judges, but. Just like you did to that beer, I think we need to talk about it. You want to talk about the judging yet again? All right, before we do that, before we do any of that, uh, I just want to give a shout out. Obviously, you're wearing uh, oh, that's a oh, that's not even a beer. That's a cut water. Jeez, oh man, who who, who doesn't pay us? By the way, um, <laughs> you're wearing an allegiance shirt. I've got an allegiance banner. Uh, Taylor fought last week. Um, right. Did not go the way we thought it was going to go. Um, 
a beautifully executed lay and pray strategy by Fabia Aguar. Um, my concern is this. Johnny Eblen instituted the same strategy, lay and pray. Um, right. And it's just something that, we, you know, I say we, but it's the pejorative we because I'm not in there fighting. But it's just something that 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 we got to find a solution to. We got to figure out a way around that, man. It's 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 tough. It's tough. I mean, I don't want to call it a blueprint. It's not a bl- I mean, but it, it is an effective method for the time being. So far be it for me. I'm not the one in a cage fight. I'm not the one who's get in there getting punched. And I I, I don't want it to be me um, outside of Chad Ochocinco. So I will say this. Um, I thought it was a valiant effort. I thought a split decision was was okay. And, you know, the judges did what they did and it is what it is. But all the same, Taylor went out there, fought his ass off, left it all in the cage. That's really all you can ask for. If you got to be like helped out, carried, exhaustive, dripping in sweat because you lost 10 pounds because you tried so hard, it's a valiant effort. As long as he feels like he did his best, that's all you can ask, right? Yeah. And to be honest, I'd rather take what I like to call a diamond in the rough. Um, I think that maybe Taylor's a little bit rough around the edges right now. He needs to get polished in some areas, but what he possesses, what he's able to do, he gets those things polished up a little bit and he's a contender. I wholeheartedly believe that he's such an athlete, and that's what can that's what concern. I mean, he's literally zero percent body fat, all athlete, big right. explosive movements, um, which when effective is untouchable, but when ineffective um, can pose some issues. So, um, on to the next one, baby on the way. Fight probably after that. So, um, still yeah. rep all the same. Good. Well, I was gonna say it's funny when you're saying athletic and explosion. All I kept thinking about is uh, our, our little thing we're doing starting September 1st. Me getting very athletic and also having explosive diarrhea. Why is it just you? I thought I was doing this too. Well, I, you seem a little skittish. And if the listeners need to know, Dale texted me a couple days ago and goes, hey, are, are we still doing this carnivore diet starting September 1st? And I said, when was I not doing it? And he goes, well, are, like, how, how gnarly are you going? And I was like, I'm doing the carnivore diet, a.k.a. I'm just eating meat, drinking water. And I'm good to go. And he's like, so no dairy. And I'm like, dude, what is this? Are we trying to do some type of backdoor like bullshit? No, I, I'm a man and I'm going to do it the way that God intended, which is freaking eat carnivore shit, drop the alcohol and become a beast. Okay. So while I can understand that, first of all, you can't stutter over text. So I don't know why you're making me out to be some <laughs> stuttering buffoon. That wasn't the case. And then two, admittedly, we're ideas guys. So a lot of stuff gets said, but we have about a 40% follow through rate. So I wanted yeah. to make sure that that was a good follow through. You, as well as I do, know that there are millions of emails and meetings that happen each and every day. Follow up is important. I just want to make sure before I go out and drop $400 on meat that we are actually still going to do this together. As far as the dairy thing is concerned, uh, dairies come from cow. Right. So I thought maybe this would be a loophole because I like cream in my coffee in the morning. So I'm not a black coffee guy. I don't put sugar in my coffee, but I do put a little dab of half and half in there. So that's my concern is whether or not if I take my coffee with cream in the morning, whether or not I'd be violating the constitution and edicts of the carnivore diet. That's all. That's all my concern was. Dude, I'm going to, rather than like putting cinnamon or something on top of my coffee, I'm going to like throw ground beef in it. That's how hardcore I'm going. Right. See, now here, this is, this is exactly it. Dale eats meat for breakfast, second breakfast, lunch, dinner, and supper. That's a hundred percent correct. I will have 
zero problem executing the carnivore diet. I essentially sort of live carnivore now with the exception of beer, ice cream, and what you've now deemed to be an inoperable thing, which would be cream in my coffee. So outside of that, I essentially live carnivore anyway. Well, bro, I've had medium stiffness tofu. I've had firm stiffness tofu. So I feel like I'm just there with you. But yeah. Dale, if I needed to get the actual meat, which I'm actually going to, because I, like you said, I haven't followed through. I have not placed my order yet. Where can I get that done? You can get it done at Stay Classy Meats, man. All you got to do is Stay Classy Meats. Use promo code FISH. You can save 10% on the entire thing. So do it um, so we can get the credit for it. So please use the promo code. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, hmm. I'm probably going to load up on some ground beef, uh, some ground buffalo, some searing ribeyes, and... I'm probably going to do a lot of chicken if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Just because uh, I can't afford a ton of steak. It's not for lack of wanting to. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, like I said, I feel like by doing this, I'm going to be a savage. I'm going to dress like an absolute savage too. I know we just talked about Taylor tombstone. I'm actually wearing his walkout tee, which is so sick, dude. Send in the Cowboys. I'm not really sure what that's a reference to. Is that a movie? Sure. I mean, well, there's the phrase send in the clowns, which is, sort of like this this idea of um you know sending the people to get the job done but here's the thing right hmm. um finish your ad read because i want to talk about that shirt for a second go ahead well it's pretty simple like sick phrases like this guys you can just go to allegianceclothing.com type in the code punch you're gonna get 15 off site wide tell me the genesis of se- uh, sending the cowboys or clowns or whatever you're talking about i don't know where it began um but this is where producer jake would come in handy but he's not here so smoking darts. Uh, that's all right. He's smoking darts and um, hanging out. Oh, I was going to say oh, something. Well, I knew what you oh, were going to say, too. Mm, but I'm yeah. bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. The Paralympics yeah. started today, and let's say Producer Jake <laughs> has a vested interest. All right. Uh, so that being said, um, <laughs> Taylor was unable to wear that shirt for his walkout because there's guns on it. I know. This was so incredibly frustrating for me. I know. Um, and from a mental standpoint, it's not good for a, it's not a good look for a fighter when right before he's getting ready to walk out, you tell him he can't wear his walkout kit and you make him change into something else. Thankfully, he had another previous uh, walkout shirt with him that had the logo on it, uh, and mm-hmm. you know all well and good. But that being said, that walkout shirt that he wore was the walkout shirt for the Johnny Eblen fight, which he lost. Um, the next walkout shirt where they taped everything up. You couldn't see our logo or anybody else's because they thought it was all gun related. He won that fight. And then this one, they don't let him wear it. He has to wear the green shirt again. He walks out. He loses the fight. The I'll be your Huckleberry shirt. Bad juju. Bad juju. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Bellator has gotten soft, huh? Every They're all soft. Don't <laughs> see. I like you just, you just roll this out and you expect me to go on, on a tangent. And that's not the case. Although I do believe that they're run by a bunch of soft people. So we'll just right. leave, we'll leave it at that. Um, I am. Um, I have a confession real quick. If what's you have up? A moment. Um, I did something. I had something really soft happened to me today that I realized that. Ooh. Um, yeah, I'll just, I'll be vulnerable for a second. If you, okay. you want to be my therapist, you're in the trust tree, man. Here, come under you? these branches. You're okay. in the trust tree. Okay. I don't want to get any splinters, but I'm going to climb it real quick. All right. Go for it, man. Um, yeah. So my neighbor, um, literally on the other side of this wall right here yeah, calls me and says, Hey dude, I, my chick left her key in the car, left the light on. Can you come, uh, can I borrow your truck? Can we jump mine? Cause it's, it's out of battery. And I said, Oh, for sure. 
whip my truck around the alley, pull my car right up to his, you know, VW, whatever it is. And uh, he gets the jumper cables out and kind of just looks at me. And I, I said, okay, yeah, hook it up. And he goes, well, I don't know how to do it. You do it. Mm. I know, dude. And I was mm. like, okay. And I and I don't really know this neighbor too well, even though it's my next door neighbor. But I just said, you know what? That's cool. Uh, I'll just do it. So I grabbed the red one. I grabbed the black one. And in my mind, I'm like thinking about my children. And I'm like, fuck, dude, I'm going to die here. I'm going to die. The last time I jumped a car was probably 15 years ago. And I don't really remember which one goes where. So nonchalantly, I'm trying to play a YouTube video while I'm walking to the other side of my car where you can't see my phone. I remember that red goes on first. And then I thought that maybe red goes on his car first. So then at a certain point before sacrificing my life, I said, hey, dude, um, these controls look different than what I'm accustomed to. <laughs> and he's like, what? And I'm like, I, they, this looks different. And he's like, oh, okay. Cause I have no idea how to do this either. So then him and I are sitting on YouTube trying to figure this thing out. And we read this report that if you put the black on, you're going to essentially blow up and die. So then I'm like, well, fuck, dude, I don't want to do this. this is not worth my time. Do you have to go to work tomorrow? Can you Uber? We start getting into this whole crazy conversation. Long story short, I call my jiu-jitsu coach up and I'm like, hey, you're probably going to demote me to a white belt or just kick me out because I'm an absolute fucking moron and a pussy. But which goes where? We got it done, Dale. But I'm just telling you, I felt soft. I appreciate your vulnerability. Right. Um, right. I'm not going to say anything here. Okay. What's important? What's important in this situation yeah. is that you've identified a blind spot. You know that there's areas that you need to work on. Okay. So the judgment moving forward will be: How do you adapt and change this for the better so it doesn't happen again? Right. Okay. And is there like a site that I can go to? <laughs> I mean, ah, uh, uh, well, uh, okay. Here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. If you're never exposed to it, there's no, you, you don't like, so it's a stupid phrase, but like, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And if you're never exposed to it, how would you know? I mean, no, I mean, not everyone can buy a brand new golf cart every other week, dude. A golfer is drastically different than not knowing how to jumpstart a car. Um, well, because it's one, got a battery. One could potentially be like a life or death situation. Um, the other one is just a recreational vehicle that I cruise around my neighborhood in. So they're they're not the same. Mm. It's not really even close. Mm. Um, so this is not an attempt to make fun. While we're on the topic of automobile maintenance, can you change a tire? why what can you change a tire like if you get a flat tire on the side of the road in your truck can you change it absolutely not that's ridiculous i'm not a mechanic are you joking or you, you can do that no i i took auto shop in high school but come on okay so that's going to be the next thing we do so let's let's facetime this weekend and i will teach you virtually how to change the tire on your car by that time, dude, Tesla is going to like automate your driving anyway. So why do I have to do that? It's not really how that works, though. It's not how that works. Okay. Well, I'm going to murder this car and I'm not going to have to drive myself ever. So I'm going to be like that McGregor status. So 
You know how to change a tire, right? You're just messing with me. I swear to God, I don't know how to change a tire. It's ridiculous, dude. All right, man. You you want to pour one out for me? (laughs) I kind of do, actually. I kind of do. I need you. Can can you see if your wife will just let you come here for like a three month boot camp? Oh, she'd be so nervous, dude. We'll we'll learn how to change. We'll learn how to change tires. We'll shoot guns. We'll we'll eat steak. We'll watch action movies. Uh, we'll get in a fist fight. Like we'll we'll figure it out. Dude. We'll we'll put some we'll put some scars on you, man. We'll 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 put some salt on you. Right. That's the, that's the gnarliest thing you put up, by the way, on our Instagram about Fight Club. I f- totally forgot that rule that on night one you have to fight. You have to fight if it's your first night. You have to fight. Yeah. So I feel like the moment I come over there, we we have to fight. Of course. Bro. Listen, <laughs> there. I, I, here's the mark, and this is what different. One of the things outside of genitalia that differentiates men from women mm-hmm. is that your best bros are dudes that you 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 can get into a fight with. Right. Like if you can't get into a fight with your friend and then still be friends afterwards, that's not really your friend. That's true. That's like, true. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. I don't know if I have a like a best friend. Like my like my best friend. Right. Actually, there's you and one other person that's on my favorites list on my phone that I haven't gotten to a, into some form of fight with. Right. And that'll and, change the moment I see you. I'm gonna punch you in the face, and then we're just well, then afterwards we'll 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 hug it out. Oh, it'll be impossible because I will pull guard. You'll pull guard. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I like this one. Uh, first night of man camp, we're going to change a tire. Second night, we're going to jump a car. Third night, we're going to drink a rack of Budweiser and fight a midget. Jesus Christ. So here's what we do. This is what we do. Maybe next year, we yeah. do a punch list retreat. Yeah. Yeah. And like we'll sure. all meet up like in Vegas for a fight card or something like that. We sort of talked about this before, but we'll make it a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, so we can go shoot some automatic weapons. We'll drive sports cars really fast. Um, mm-hmm. we'll drink a we'll drink a ton of like just all American beer. Right. Uh, we'll all wear allegiance clothing like a bunch of goons, and we'll watch some fights or something like that. So hardcore. Definitely not wearing a shirt that entire weekend, right? Well, I mean, you probably have to wear one into the UFC event that we're gonna go to, but outside okay. of that, shirts are optional. Yeah, for sure. We're going like Dober-esque. Uh, we should see if Dober wants to come. He definitely won't wear a shirt. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's yeah. perfect. I love it. All right. I love it. Do you, do you want to break down this super thin card? 12 fights? Why not? I hate that. It's, it's, this is the weakest card. This card is so weak. You know what's this the is- weakest part of it, though, is the lines. I've never seen lines so far apart in my entire life. It's like these things. Well, no, it's a Bellator like- card. That's exactly what it is. This is the angry yeah. orchard of MMA cards is what this is. This is yes. This is just laughable. 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 I mean, it's going to get the job done, right. but it's going to take a long time. You're going to be miserable in the morning when you wake up, yep. and you're going to wonder why you did that. And you're going to say, I didn't really even, I don't even know if I really enjoyed myself. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. We'll kick right. off the angry orchard card, man. First fight on the ma- – are you going to do the odds so I can just read? Yep. That'd be super, man. All right, let's um, do it. Hold on, let me pull up the bout order because, of course, I don't have it because I'm a mess tonight. Um, first fight on the main card: Gerard Mearshart at 32 and 14, taking on Mahmoud Muradov. Ooh, all right. Here's the thing about this fight, man. Gerard is a plus 410. Muradov is in a minus 585. Over and around is at one and a half. This is a Bellator fight. This is, I would almost go so far as to say, it's a PFL fight. 
Mm. Mm. These are PFL odds. And just like PFL, something weird is going to happen here. Something weird is going to happen with this fight. Mm. There will be something about this fight that will be anomalous to the rest of the card. You go ahead first. Well, yeah, I mean, when you're going to throw the PFL language out there, usually we don't bet PFL, but um, this one, I don't want to say, there's a lot of these really far apart lines that people are going to say, oh, dude, that's, that's put that guy in a parlay. Put mm-hmm. that guy in a parlay. Mm-hmm. This is not someone I put in a parlay. Uh, Murdoff, if everyone doesn't remember, this is the guy that's on Team Money Team. This is on Floyd, Floyd Mayweather's like MMA guy. Um, he actually has really good striking. He's got heavy hands, good fight IQ, standing up. Actually has really good takedown defense. So when you look at Mearshart, you know this guy. He's all about his submissions. Um, if he gets someone down, he's he's somewhat scary. But what he's susceptible is is, is the gunfight that's going to ensue, ensue standing. So I'm nervous about him in the first round, round and a half, trying to get that takedown, having to you know take a couple to give a couple to get it down. I minus 585 is absurd. Um, so obviously you can't play that. Even even uh Murdoff inside the distance, you're probably getting it at minus like 250 or something like that. I don't like that. So if you're gonna play this, you either play Mir Sharp by sub or you're playing mock mood by KO. And you know, if you want to sprinkle on certain rounds, that's where you got to get in the weeds a little bit. I'll say this. You, we've got Muradov three UFC fights under his belt, um, two third-round finishes, and a unanimous decision over Alessio Chirico, who we we're going to talk about later on tonight. Okay. It would appear that he's a bit of a slow start. Mm-hmm. With him being a slow start, I would say that over under rounds at one and a half, coming back at even money, is a decent play. Um, take the over. Uh, it, he like appears that. to be a slow starter. Now, the thing that throws all of this off and there's a couple different wild cards to this fight which i said something here is going to happen that's going to be anomalous amongst the rest of the card there's a couple things one the the submission game of Mearshart, he is dangerous and while they're dry that's going to be his best chance to make it happen not particularly known for his cardio definitely not known for his chin um he's really got that one path to victory and he may get it done Better chances when they're dry as opposed to when they're slippery and sliding in the third round. So Mearshart and under one and a half seems to be the play if you're leaning the Mearshart and the ups, upset side. If you're leaning towards the favorite uh, in Mahmoud Muradov, I would go with the over one and a half or taken by knockout. Um, Mearshart does not have a particularly great chin, does, is not particularly gritty. Um, so I would take Muradov by KO. Uh, I would not put him in a parlay. I would consider playing over one and a half. Uh, this fight is too weird, too sketchy, and minus 585 is not worth risk versus reward. Even from a parlay standpoint, he's going to drag your parlay down, make you extend it to the three or four fighter range, and you and I both know, as well as anybody that's even an avid gambler knows, the longer the parlay, the higher the chance it doesn't hit. So once you get into that four, five, six fighter arena, it becomes increasingly difficult to hit those. Minus 585, you're looking at at least, at least unless you're putting underdog money on it, uh, a three or four uh, fighter parlay which then you're getting into the sketch zone. So I'd advise staying away from Murdov unless you want him over one and a half or by knockout. If you're leaning on the Mearshart side because you like that upset money, take a money line and under one and a half. Yeah. 
All right. Yeah. Next fight on the main card, my man. Michael Gilmore versus Andre Petrosky. This is why I feel like this is a Bellator or a PFL card. And I'm going to be completely honest with you, Trey. Full transparency for the for the listeners. I haven't watched a single episode of this new Ultimate Fighter. Mm. I don't know who a lot of the people on this card are. How, I'm just curious. Just How come you haven't watched one episode? Do you ever watch any episodes or not really? I'm not a big TV guy um, okay. to begin with. I, I, so normally I don't turn on the TV till after the kids go to bed. Um, so usually the way my night plays out is get home from work, dinner, family time, kids, bed. And then I kind of just chill for a little bit. Wife yeah. does her thing, cleans up, does all that, whatever. And then we circle the wagons around like 9, 9, 15 or so. And then we'll throw something on the TV, usually not live, usually not fights. Um, we'll watch an episode, maybe two, and then we go to bed. Okay. So yeah. I, I just don't have time to sit there and watch Brian Ortega and Alexander Volkanovsky pretend to care about coaching these professional fighters over the course of six weeks while they live in a house, drink beer, and talk about their lives and stuff. I just don't care enough about them um to do that so no i I totally get that i uh transparently i i skip 75 percent of the episode i just go to the end when they're actually fighting i I do i do care about these fighters i do think they're they're up and coming uh we've seen amazing people come from the ultimate fighter this is an interesting one obviously this is one of a couple fights you know on this card that are from the ultimate fighter so Andre Prokoski, he's Team Ortega. Um, he trains with actually Sean Brady and Pat Sabatini, um, which is kind of cool. Um, right. He's got that, you know, like Sean Brady, yes. He's got that kind of plotting style. He's super strong. He's got great BJJ, but his hand, his stand-up's really heavy shot. So that plotting style is really to kind of get him in close, get him in the clinch, you know, secure a double and get it to the ground and utilize the BJJ. Gilmore, Team, team Ortega as well. He's kind of getting a second, like short notice fight because he wasn't supposed to get this fight. But I think some one of the guys had like a leg injury or something like that, and that's why he kind of got swooped in at the last minute. He's not polished in any facet. He got freaking, I think, KO'd in his in his opening round. Um, he's super susceptible on the ground. So what I really like in this fight right here is Andre, who's going to be the much stronger person, getting this to the ground and taking advantage of someone who has zero ground game. So if you're going to play this, I like Andre by submission. I also like him inside the distance. It's it's like I know it's pretty far at minus five twenty lines. I'm telling you, find the inside the distance prop, find the uh, you know submission prop, anything like that. I'd like playing, but Michael Gilmore's you know biting off more than he can chew with this fight. Well, I noticed that all three of Gilmore's pro losses have come via submission. So if you're hmm. telling me Petrosky's got a decent ground game, say less. I got you, Petrosky by sub. Love it. Okay, there you go. All right. Kevin Lee taking on Daniel Rodriguez. Daniel Rodriguez at 15 and two. Kevin Lee at 18 and six. Person, <laughs> personal bias aside, full disclosure, I don't like Kevin Lee. Um, he's at a minus one, 150 here over on rounds at one and a half with Rodriguez at the plus 120. Um, I, I'm not a big Kevin Lee fan. I believe that Kevin Lee thinks he's the best fighter on the planet. And I think maybe to an extent you have to believe that if you're ever going to be a world champion one day. But Kevin Lee is borderline delusional and has the personality of, I don't know, man, just somebody that I know without ever meeting that I could never be friends with in real life. I just, I just know that. 
Like without ever having spoken a word to him, I just know that there's no no plane of existence in the multiverse where Kevin Lee and I could ever be friends. I just don't dig. I just don't dig that guy at all. I, I disagree, dude. You're I don't. you're a, you're, a t- you're a tattooed man. What what do you think about his his head tattoo? Here's the thing. Here, uh, you being of clean virgin skin. Here's something you don't understand about us us tattoo collectors, is that if you are the owner and connoisseur of good tattoos, yeah, that you paid money for and look good and 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 put an investment into, right? You frown upon people that don't approach it the same way. <laughs> They're not respecting the craft. I don't know about that because I don't tattoo, but I've spent good money on mine and it shows. So whenever you just load yourself up with nonsense and gibberish and you look like you're covered with stickers in a mix and match, you know, like my kid got a hold of a sticker book and just placed them all over you. I don't understand what to do with that. And Kevin Lee is a hodgepodge of craziness. He's got that weird Jamaican lion, a Judah thing on his back. He's got that weird head chandelier. He's constantly got some version of a tattoo and staff infection poking out of his tits all the time. I just don't dig on Kevin Lee and I don't like his attitude either. Anyway. We're not attacking the guy here. He is very talented when he wants to be. Uh, doesn't have again another guy. I'm gonna beat in the same drum all night tonight. He lacks grit. He lacks the ability to dig down deep when it matters most. If you can take him to deep waters, you can beat him. Yes, you can absolutely beat him. Um, Daniel Rodriguez has to do that. I will not bet on Kevin Lee until I see him win a fight again. Two, double ACL surgery, both knees getting your ACL done. I won't bet on you till I see you win a fight. He's going to come out there wrapped up like Dan Kelly. I will not bet on him till I see him win. That being said, Daniel Rodriguez appears to have some dog in him, but a couple things I don't like about him. We don't know what his wrestling game is like long-term, tested, mm. but with a grinder. We He also exits exchanges with his chin held high, mm. and I hate that. I absolutely hate that he does that. It drives me nuts. And he's, he could very well get clipped by Kevin, who has a lot of power. We also have not seen Daniel Rodriguez in a high-profile spot. This is a very high-profile spot for him. So we don't know how he's going to react to that. We have yet to see him under the really bright lights. So will he shine here or will this be an indication of what's to come? The bigger the fight with Daniel Rodriguez, does he wilt? We don't know. We haven't seen him in this level of spot. The opportunity's there. I'm getting him at plus money. I'm going to play him at plus money, but there's a lot of unanswered questions going into this fight. Yeah. And I think when you talk about grit, that's a huge component for me. You got to remember, this is the the Kevin Lee that's straight up like what his last fight was against Charlie Olives, and that was like at the at the precursor of what COVID was a year and a half ago. Yeah, he hasn't, stuff. yeah, he hasn't fought. He got pieced up, and following that loss, he straight up came out and, and very openly said, "I just don't know if I want to do this anymore. I, I just don't have the passion. Long layoff. You don't have the passion. You don't have the grit. You know, you're fighting at a different weight class at 170 from 155. You're going on a guy that, yes, it is short notice, but possesses a ton of power, has good takedown defense to what we've seen. He's going to be the bigger person. There's there's a lot weighing on the Daniel Rodriguez side that I like in this fight versus what Kevin Lee possesses that could get him, you know, the win. To your point, yes, Daniel Rodriguez lifts his chin, moves away a little bit, just like your boy. <laughs> Gregor Gillespie, that's a big issue. You can get clipped, you can get laid out, and send to the ether. But I do think that Danny Rodriguez is going to be a little bit more stronger in those clinch-heavy approaches that Kevin Lee's going to have, so he's not going to be able to backpack him. 
I like the over one and a half in this for sure, because I do think that while Kevin Lee does not have a cardio tank, D-Rod's got a little bit, even if it's on short notice, different weight class, haven't fought in a while, over one and a half, feel each other out for the first round and hope someone doesn't get clipped. I like the over one and a half in this, but I don't like this fight. All right. Ultimate fighter finale here. We got Ricky Tercios taking on Brady Highstand. Is it Highstand or Highstand? Doesn't matter. Does Highstand? Okay, cool. Um, Oops, that's all right. You You're good. Yeah, yeah. There you there go. It is. All right. Highstand coming at a plus one thirty-five. Ricky Tercios coming back at minus one sixty-five. Over on our rounds is at one and a half. I don't know anything about either one of these guys, Trey. This is a solo breakdown for you. This is interesting because this is probably I think I think it's the only fight on the card that's actually a Team Ortega versus Team Volkanovski fighter here. So Ricky, I love Ricky. I love Ricky. You know, actually before I even saw him on the Ultimate Fighter because he's a Team Alpha Male guy. He longtime listeners, you know, I'm all about Team Alpha Male. But Ricky's a different type of beast. He's a good range fighter, and usually when you hear range fighter, you think, oh, he's a point fighter. He's going to get a decision. No, he's like this unorthodox kind of weird range fighter where he has a ton of power, but he's not nervous to, you know, do something crazy like an Imanari role to get it into a jiu-jitsu game or keep it standing. But everything he does is with power, explosion. He's super versatile and very active. Brady, though, on the other hand, Team Volkanovski, he's a brown belt in BJJ. He trains with people like Michael Chiesa, which, you know, I like. He likes to set up his wrestling to get it to, you know, the ground game. I think Ricky's got good good enough jiu-jitsu to negate what Ricky's bringing forth. I'm surprised this line is actually this narrow. Of all the crazy lines out there tonight, I would think that Ricky would be way, way heavier. I think that Brady also, he's not evolved enough. The dude's only 22 years old. And you think the Bright Lights Ultimate Fighter card, Ultimate Fighter finale, in the heat of it, Apex, Quiet Vibes, Dana White sitting right there. I think Brady's going to fall. I think Ricky's just too unorthodox and out there to get it done. I like Ricky here. I actually think at minus 165, you're getting a really good price on him. I don't want to play the over-unders because I really think that Ricky's going to piece him up, but I do like Ricky in this fight. Here's something that I want to take note of. If there's no other stat that shows up, okay, your Brady high stand, professional wins, he's got five, okay? Okay. The combined record of his opponents for his five wins one and 24. That's got to be it. That's, there's no way that's real. He's got five <laughs> wins as a professional. There's no way. The combined record of all of his wins, <laughs> oh of God. all the wins of his opponents that he's that he's beaten, one and 24. Oh, my God. Dude, 165 is a steal. Steal. Smash Tertios, right? We got to smash him <laughs> so hard. Okay, <laughs> there's your parlay piece. Right there's there. your freaking three props in it. Yeah, one and twenty-four. Those are Khabib numbers. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes! Yikes! All right, Brian Battle taking on Gilbert Urbina. Five and one for Brian Battle. Six and one for Gilbert Urbina. Again, the floor is yours, yours, <laughs> sir. No worries. Uh, battle. If you did watch uh, episode one of the Ultimate Fighter, that was uh, Volkanovski's first overall pick. Um, 
lot of people liked him obviously in the warm-ups and everything because he's got really good muay thai style he's got good combinations he's pretty savvy on the ground gilbert here's what's interesting about this when i saw the line come out and gilbert being a plus 165 i was like mm, you know this is interesting uh, battle is, and sorry if I said uh, savvy on the ground. He's not savvy on the ground. He has no ground game in battle. Gilbert, as you can imagine, any Gilbert, any type of like Brazilian out there, they are very savvy on the ground. If he holds tight, he's going to come in. He's going to be the stronger person, and he's able to get this thing to the ground. Gilbert has a way to victory. I like the plus money on this. If you want to play it, play battle over, over two and a half, because that's you know what he does he's muay thai style but he's not doing anything damaging he just kind of holds you in close and gets little jabs and little elbows in here and there nothing that's actually going to drop you gilbert is stronger of the two so he can hold him closer and god forbid he brings the you know the elbows from the waist down to the knees buckles them and brings them to the ground gilbert can get a sub so if you want to be super cute i would just take gilbert outright plus one and 35 but if you want to get super cute playing by sub um i'm not messing with the over and under there but yeah all right main event of the evening edson barboza taking on giga chikadze mm. i don't know if there's a country out there that's got that that's riding more momentum than the country of georgia right now um and giga's getting his first main event slot giga is somebody that we have tapped for i don't know man it's been a while it's been a while now we said this guy was somebody to watch um, said it's probably, was it three or four fights ago? Probably be the last time you saw him at plus money. This is going to be the closest you're going to get the plus money again on him. Uh, right. him versus Edson Barboza is at a pick em on most books over on our rounds is at four and a half. You and I do have a slightly differing opinion when it comes to Edson Barboza and how he's looked at featherweight. I've actually enjoyed his featherweight run. Um, that's not, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's something that you've expressed that you haven't exactly enjoyed. You, I think you kind of liked him better at 155, but I think he's looked good at 145. He will be Giga's toughest test to date. The strength of schedule for Edson Barboza is second to none. Maybe the only person that supersedes that strength of schedule is that of one Michael Johnson, mm -hmm. uh, who I constantly sing the praises of when it comes to the lighter weight mm -hmm. division, having a tough schedule. I mean, they feed Michael Johnson. Nobody, uh, the only people right. who fights are killers. Edson Barboza, very much the same, probably the only person that has a stronger claim to uh, a better strength of schedule is Edson Barboza. I think Edson can absolutely win this fight. And I'm going to play him in this. And the only reason why I'm doing that is because I don't, I have not seen enough of Giga yet. I've seen enough Giga to trust him with a lot of people in a lot of matchups, but I haven't seen enough of him yet to trust him in a, a main event spot, five rounds against an ultra durable, ultra talented, still very fast in his late thirties, Edson Barboza still very fast, still very powerful. Um, I don't, I just don't trust Giga enough yet. If this were some other people in this division, I would have no problem in selecting him. I just, I don't trust him enough yet. I need to see a little bit more. There's not enough tape on him for me. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to make this very black and white and I'm oh. not talking about skin color. Wow. 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 Well, no, I just, I mean, one dude is black and the other is white, but I'm not talking about that. <laughs> keep, keep it moving. Just go. No, okay. Before no. we get bogged down, go. Okay. Sorry. 
No, I, you're right. I don't like – I have never liked Barbosa at 145, even though he's been an absolute stud. The reason I don't is because he looks so drawn. It's kind of like um, uh, Jose Aldo at 135. Like They just don't look healthy on the scales. Having said that, Barbosa, once he rehydrates, he fills out really quickly. He's still as fast. His leg kicks are just as devastating. Giga, amazing kickboxer. I get it. He has a massive hole. And it's one that's never been tested. And I say this time and time again. If a fighter comes in with a blueprint and exploits what is a massive hole, they'll get the win. The problem is they never do that. They tend to just get into a firefight with something that they shouldn't be doing, whether that's striking or so forth. Giga Chikadze does not have a ground game. He has no BJJ. If you go back to his losses, you know, back in 2018, he's got a couple sub losses. That is because he has no ground game. It has not evolved. No one's actually even tried to test that as of recently. You could say in the background, yes, he's been trying to work on his jiu-jitsu. No, he's been striking. He's been striking and he's been doing it really well. Barbosa is a BJJ black belt. It's weird to say that because you never see him use his jiu-jitsu. Having said that, Barbosa, what he needs to do is utilize those devastating leg kicks right off the rip. Don't allow Chikaze, who's never been in a five-fight main event, uh, you know, fight to get his rhythm going, throw him off his rhythm immediately, find him a little bit in a wonky zone, get it to the ground, try and get a submission. Do I think Edson's going to do that? Absolutely not. I think this is going to be a striking affair. Hmm. And if I'm going to be honest, I'm going to go with you too. I think Edson, he's been in these spots before. He knows what's up. You know, he can go five rounds. We don't know if Giga can go five rounds. And I do think from distance, Edson's got a good chance. But I would love to him to exploit, you know, what is that ground game? Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out there real quick. Okay. Um, just strength of schedule wise, right? Just because yeah. it's worth noting. Former WC champ, Jamie Varner. Cowboy. Bobby Green's on a tear right now, so we can throw Bobby Green in there. But Bobby Green, Michael Johnson, Paul Felder, Tony Ferguson, Anthony Pettis, Gilbert Melendez, Benil Dariush. Khabib, Kevin Lee, Dan Hooker, Gaethje, Felder again, Dan Ige, and Shane Burgos all on the fight list if you're if you're Edson Barboza. He doesn't yeah. get paid enough money. I don't know what Edson gets paid, but it's not enough. It's not enough to fight those guys. No, and, and who is Giga fought? Cub Swanson? Huh. <sighs> um, oh, man, real quick. Because we, we were talking about alpha male guys. Um, has When was the last time that Uriah Faber won a belt? When was that? It's, uh, WC. Was it WC? Yeah. Did he defend it? Yeah. Okay. How many title fights has he had? I think he's had six. <laughs> oh. How many, how, many, how many has he won? Uh, ah, it'll right. come. Yeah. It'll it's come okay. soon. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a round number. All right, here Thank we go. Uh, pre, prelim card: Guido Canetti at eight and four taking on Mana Martinez. Martinez at six and two. Canetti at eight and four. I'm going to breeze through these pretty quick. Um, I don't know how Guido Canetti has a job still. It's not on me to say what man should or should not be able to provide for his family. I just don't understand why they keep giving Guido Canetti fights. Um, he's all, he always shows up in somewhat. His body would appear that he's in shape. His mm. output and a performance would indicate that his cardio is bad. Yeah. Um, Mana Martinez was knocked out by Draco Rodriguez, which 
that knockout alone is single-handedly responsible for having me believe that Draco Rodriguez is good, which he is not. Uh, my hope is, is that Martinez can right this ship here. He's a minus 320 favorite against Guido Canetti. I'm going to say this. He's a big favorite. I don't love him in that spot at that price. Um, I, I hate to fade every huge every huge favorite and say don't put them in a parlay because they are they are favored for a reason. Um, but that's, you know, here's the thing, man, is that one of these heavy faves is going to lose. One of them is going to lose. I don't think it's going to be Martinez. I'm going to play Martinez just for the sake of providing a pick here. I'm going to play him by sub too, um, just for the sake of trying to church it up a little bit, maybe a small sprinkle. I don't love this fight for him. Guido is a seasoned veteran. He just has to outlast them. If he can outlast them, um, I think that he can get it done. Actually, I was checking, I'm sorry. I didn't mean by sub. I meant by knockout because Martinez is a knockout machine. The only time he's ever lost, um, not the only time he's ever lost, but one of his losses came via, via submission. So I'm going to take Martinez by knockout in the latter rounds after Guido gets tired. It's funny you could have said sub, and I think I would have I would have you know rode that train with you as well yeah. because well no think about it Guido is what he's one in three or one in four in his last five or yes, four fights but all of them have been by submission yeah, that's true so it's a total fair point Martinez this was the dude that was supposed to fight uh, Trevin Jones last week but I think there was like a COVID thing he probably had exactly what I had a little false positive or a lie i have no idea um but trains with the adrian yanez this guy's an absolute beast He's dana white con- contender series dude heavy hands a lot of aggression i love your play by ko um but gosh i mean this guy that's so susceptible to submissions that's not a bad play either no yeah, it's, i love it, it it's not but the other thing too you got to keep in mind is guido's 41 he's taking the fight on right. relatively short notice um older guy with a bad gas tank to begin with on short notice yeah. Just inside the distance, under two and a half is good. Then you don't care who wins. Under two and a half, inside the distance. Martinez by knockout, whatever you want to do. Or if you can find a TKO sub prop, you can do that too. They have those dual result ones, whatever you want to do. Just don't love the minus 320. All right, Pat Sabatini taking on Jamal Emers. Uh, Jamal Emers, if you remember, Trey went to a split decision with our main event guy, Giga Chikadze, a couple years back. Jamal Emers at 18 and five. Pat Sabatini at 14 and three. I'll let you go first, my man. Well, dude, remember Jamal Emers was the guy that passed out before he was going to fight Chaz Skelly, who we were all psyched on. Remember? I know. That was that was one of the bigger plays we had was Chaz Skelly. Yeah, and we were pumped on that. But they do had a crazy back spasm, which apparently uh, pushed over into uh, him fainting or whatever. Yeah. Honestly, both guys are versions of each other. They're really good grapplers. Uh, Jamal, when he fought Giga, he completely ditched his game plan, though. Ended up striking with him, which was super weird. He should have wrestled, should have got it to the ground, but didn't do that. Pat's got a really good sub record. He knows how to wrestle. He's got a good fight IQ. Um, I think Jamal's going to have the heavier hands. I think he's going to have a little bit of better striking. So um, we'll see if Pat wants to kind of jump in and try and get a takedown. Uh, more so than anything, I think both are going to respect each other standing on the feet, and they're definitely going to respect each other on the ground. So I think the over one and a half here is the play. Interesting. I see. I saw this, and I thought I thought over one and a half, but then I, I started convincing myself of the inside the distance play. And then I, whenever I think inside the distance, I hate play. I, that one and a half makes me nervous. Right. Um, I'm leaning initially from a money line perspective towards Emmers, but I do love the 
the creativeness of Pat Sabatini on the ground and just his overall approach. Um, I just don't necessarily know that I love him in this spot. Embers, when he shows up the fight, appears to be pretty talented. Um, and I think he'll have more tools come fight night to get the win. I'm going to lean Embers um, from a money line perspective. Minus 155 is probably all I'm going to do. I thought maybe about a two-person t- two parlay, but I'm just going to leave it at that. All right. There you go. First women's fight of the evening, JJ Aldrich at nine and four, taking on Vanessa Demopoulos at uh, Demopoulos at six and three. JJ Aldrich is at nine and four. Just going to be full disclosure here, Trey. I'm going to play Vanessa, um, and I'm really just going to play Vanessa based solely on the fact she's a plus two eighty five and women's underdogs are science. Um, I really don't base it on skill so much as I do that I just never thought that I would live in a time where J.J. Aldrich was huh? a minus 360 favorite over anybody. Right. right. Over anybody. Uh, I, that just doesn't make sense to me. J.J. Aldrich at minus 360 money is one of the more absurd lines that we've seen this year, and this year's coming to a close. I, I've, I've always liked Vanessa, and maybe that's because I have this soft spot for LFA fighters. and Strippers. You know, she's a... The what? What? What'd you say? Nothing. You you were saying what? Oh, I was saying LFA fighters. Um, I have a. Is that what you're hearing? I can't tell what my mouth's saying and what my mind's saying. I'm pretty sure I'm saying LFA fighters. Strippers. You're saying strippers. Yeah, that's what my mind keeps saying. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, she's a stripper. Um, Was I think it's I think it's former. I think it's a former. Well, and from San Diego, so like. How so you know her from the Sugar Shack. What is? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, you got me flustered here. Um, hoping the wife is not listening to this episode either. Um, but yeah, I like Vanessa. Um, I've liked her, you know, in her LFA days. Uh, she is the, I think, the women version of Chris Montino. I say that Chris Montino just got rebooked for a fight, but she yeah. is a walking zombie. She mm. literally will take so much damage. She is the most durable chick that I've seen in a very long time. Um, you know, having said that, JJ, I think the line's gotten a little bit deeper for her because she has been training with Rose Namajunas, which you know gives you a little bit of better fight IQ. But I think the athleticism's never there. It's never been there for JJ. She might be a technical striker, but I don't think she's going to be the stronger, more bullish fighter. Someone that can dance on a pole, <laughs> I think, is not only versatile, but smart, gorgeous, and just a great person. <laughs> I'm taking Vanessa. <laughs> All right, man. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hold on, you're gonna talk shit about me. All right, hold on. Yeah, I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to jump a jump a car. Okay, whatever, dude. This guy here, I learned today. Didn't I'll tell. Know. Let me tell it. Let me. No, tell you it. tell it, dude. Yeah. I didn't know that the poles at a strip club. I didn't know the pole spun. <laughs> dude, if they don't spin, tell me the course strength that all these strippers have. That's it was off the chain. That's why I thought it was so impressive. I didn't know that the pole spun, man. I just learned this very recently. I didn't know that it spun. I thought it was a very – listen, 
I thought it was a it was a learned skill. <laughs> it is learned. It's still it's still an art. It is. It certainly is. But I mean, you can't tell me that if some dude in the Philippines can make an underground house with a stick in the mud, <laughs> that the, a girl can't grab a pole and spin around like that with her boobs out. I thought that's what was happening. That's I didn't realize. Not what's happening. No, I didn't realize that the the pole was spinning. I didn't know that. Have you ever been on a party bus? No, I have never been on a party bus. You're telling me you've never worn a speedo on a party bus and just party your ass off. I've worn a speedo, but just not um, in a party bus. Well, that's absolutely insane. Here, yeah. here's something you gotta understand about me. My bulge game is strong. Right. So if I start wearing tight stuff, things get uncomfortable. For for you or for everyone? For everyone. You? For everyone. It's very right. important to me that most of my things that I wear are are bulge proof. Right. Because if right. I start knuckling it around, things get things get weird, man. Things get That's weird. That's so, fair. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not a big fan to just go ahead and shrink wrap the boys and start taking them out in public. People get uncomfortable by that. Right, right. I'm not so a big I, I'm not a big gray sweatpants guy. I can't get much done if I'm wearing gray sweatpants. You were a skinny jean guy though, weren't you? I'm definitely not a skinny again. I just told you I can't do that. Um, so yeah, I'm not a skinny jeans guy. Not I'm not this built massive like, hog. No, it's not that. It's just what you don't understand is I'm built like a colonial housewife where I literally go from like this to like this and everything's thick from the waist down, except I have no ass. It's just all hips and legs. You're like a, like a spinning top. I could, I could probably, I could probably lift your truck off of you with my legs, but (laughs) I, I, (laughs) but I sit on my lower back because I have no butt cheeks. So yeah, there's that. (laughs) <laughs> Who's that heavy? Who was the heavyweight that fought last week that had a freaking caboose and legs? Oh, William Knight and Fa- Fabio <laughs> Chiffon. Both those dudes, man, are pulling are pulling Oregon Trail level wagons behind <laughs> yeah. them. My gosh, man. There's no way. If you're that thick, you have to have a bidet. You cannot clean that. <laughs> There's no way you can clean them cheeks. They're too close together and they're too thick. There's no it's way. You got to oh. spray down. Every time you take a dump, you got to take a shower afterwards. There's no <laughs> way when you're that caked up that you can get yourself clean. You can't. <laughs> that is the ultimate <laughs> sign of alpha male right there. If you walk in and you're like a single dude and you have a bidet, it's like, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Guy's caked up, man. You got to clean that up. <laughs> All right, man. Dustin Jacoby taking on Darren Stewart. We got three fights left. Let's get these done. Right. Dustin Jacoby at 14 and five, Darren Stewart at 12 and seven, the dentist himself. Have a pretty active 2021, if I'm being honest with you, for Darren Stewart. We're not used to seeing, seeing him be this active. Plus 150 here against Dustin Jacoby, minus 180. Over and around is at two and a half. Trey, Darren Stewart is a fighter who I routinely fade, and it has proven profitable so far. I will not mess with the formula. Dustin Jacoby, money line. That's it for me. Ah, oh, man, I know. Um, it's tough because Dustin Jacoby's got a good kickboxing background. He's fought good competition, i.e. like the Ian Kutalabas of the world. Darren Stewart, there's a reason they call him the dentist, dude. He's he's a strong guy. Um, he's he's strong in his, his striking. He has decent wrestling. I think he has the ability to muscle this fight a little bit. Um, I think if he can get it down and he can do heavy top pressure, he can get this thin, get this done. Darren Stewart, call him what you will. He is durable. So I think I could see this going the distance. Um, I I like the over two and a half in this in this fight for sure. Your assessment. I think Darren Stewart is very undurable, but it's your assessment, not mine. 
All right, Sam Alvey taking on Wellington Tournament. Wellington Tournament at 16 and 5. Sam Alvey at 33, 15 and 1. Words that I never thought I would say. You're Sam right. Alvey oh. is my most confident play of the night. <clears throat> I'm going to say it. It's it's a fair statement. I thought you were going to say, Trey, you're right. About what? About Wellington Tournament every single fucking time. For sure. You are right about that. I tell you, you're right all the time. I, I have no, come on, man. Everybody that knows me, listens to this show, you know me. I have no problem giving kudos and props where props are due. When you're right, you're right. You've consistently faded Wellington Tournament and it's proven profitable for you. He's the antithesis of my Vince Pichel. So, yes, I agree. Continue to fade Wellington Tournament. And the fact that Wellington Tournament is coming off two devastating knockout losses yeah. and you're taking him against a power puncher and Sam Alvey, who literally can do nothing else but other than, than hit like a truck, is just laughable matchmaking. And unless they know something that I don't know, maybe it's the fact Sam Alvey switched camps, moved across the country. Maybe it's something like that. I don't know. I don't know why they're giving Sam Alvey such disrespect. Sam Alvey plus money against a knockout-prone Wellington Tournament. Light it up. Biggest play of the night for me. The only thing I have, I have a question on is the past, I think it was like three or four months ago, didn't Sam Alvey get like a contract extension? He did. He did. He got. A, I think it was like a five-fight extension. How do you get that on 05 and 1? Because he's he's in his fights. He's in them up until he's not. And he is competitive. And I think he had a, a, a string of bad luck there. Didn't, didn't he have like a no contest and a – uh, eye poke or a, a nut shot or something. Like, he had like a weird two or three fight thing where like people were getting hurt or sick or pulled out or what. I don't know, man. He might also be willing to fight for damn near nothing too because his <laughs> his wife's a model. Um, so I think she's pretty much set for life. So he probably just does it for beer money, you know? Like, hey, Dana, I'll come out there and swing really hard for twenty to show and twenty to win. And Dana loves people like that. Hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm on your train too, dude. I think okay. from him from 205 to 185, he's strong. Uh, he's he's. I'd like him to be a little bit have a little bit more output. He's a little selective, but I think he'll be the stronger exchanges. And I don't think Wellington's of UFC quality. I really don't. I've never thought that. Abdul Razak Al Hassan at 10 and four, taking on Alessio De Chirico at 13 and five. Our featured prelim of the evening, Alessio De Chirico coming off the win over Joaquin Buckley, Al Hassan at the. Wow, I, did, did I do this one? I did this one. This is all. This looks like I did it while I'm drunk. Equals 235 plus one or plus 95. Bad news bears here for me. What What are the actual odds on uh, my man here? Do we know? Let me I, look real quick. Um, speak speak to me about this for a quick second because yeah, I know well, this is a big this is a big uh, uh, component of this fight. So Al Hassan, um, he had a uh, he had a conviction a little time ago. And the reason, only reason I bring that up is because a lot of people believe that this was going to be the guy before his his conviction happened. And then since he's come back, he just really hasn't been able to get it going. He's a guy that's a first-round fighter. He explodes forward, but then he just completely gasses versus Alessio, who's going to be much more well-rounded and I think better in every facet. But talk to me real quick. What, what was the whole deal with that thing? wasn't a conviction. It was charges, um, okay. and it was something sexual assault-related. Okay, but prior to that, he was the guy. Since, since then, and those charges were dropped, he has not been the guy. Yeah, that's fair. 
That's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, we just haven't seen enough. Unless he can blitz you and knock you out, he can't do anything with you. Um, if you look at who he's lost to, right? Omar Yakhmedov, Munir Lazez, Chaos Williams, Jacob Malkoon. Malkoon and Omar Yakhmedov took the same exact approach. Close the distance, push you up against cage, drag you down, grind it out, right? Unanimous decision uh, for Malkoon. And it was a split for Akhmedov, but I believe Akhmedov got rocked in that fight. Uh, so that that swung the judges a little bit there, but he still ultimately got the win. Chaos Williams, Munir Lazez. Um, Chaos, obviously, with with the quick knockout. And Lazez just pieced them up, man. Just outgassed them, outworked them for three rounds. Um, I don't love Al Hassan or Al Hassan. I just don't I don't like him. Um, I don't particularly like his skill set. I think he's too one dimensional for the current yeah. state of the sport. I need to I need to see more from you. I don't see much on the ground for him. I know that he calls himself Judo something or other, Judo Lion, Judo Kid, yeah. Judo something, Judo Thunder. Sorry, Judo Thunder. I don't care about that at all. I've only seen you try to punch people in the face. Um, that being said, Alessio DeCherico coming off the biggest win of his career. Um, hopefully he's not feeling himself too much, does what he knows, will win the fight. Take him down, grind him out, drown him slowly on TV, and get the, get the W. Alessio DeCherico, minus 235, maybe. Maybe parlay. Maybe. I just take him by decision. If you're going to do that or do uh, Al-Hassan in round one. Because he's an all or nothing round one fighter. So all yeah. Hassan round one or Alicio de Chirico, money line and or by decision. Perfect. All right, man. Uh, let's put a bow on this bad boy, guys. If you don't already do so, please follow us everywhere at Punchlist MMA. Um, best way to support the show is by supporting the show sponsors. Thank you to Allegiance Clothing and Stay Classy Meats. Go there, use the respective promo codes. If you're going to Allegiance, use promo code Punch. You can save 15%. If you're going to Stay Classy, use promo code Fish. You can save 10%. There as well. If you haven't done so, please consider liking, subscribing, sharing, thumbs up if you're watching the live stream. Uh, take 30 seconds, thumbs up that video for us, please. It helps a lot. Uh, if you haven't left left us a review on iTunes, please do so. Be sure to follow everywhere you possibly can. The newest addition to the Punchless Media family, the Give Me the Points podcast. Their first episode is live on all podcast platforms. Uh, G I M M E the points so if you're into betting on football or any other sport that's mainstream that is not necessarily combat sports that's where you want to go go to give me uh give me the points everywhere and you can uh, definitely support punchless that way as well we'll be doing a giveaway with them next week so be sure to uh like subscribe and share uh, to their podcast that being said trey um what else do you have anything at all you know, um, real quick, because it's just been weighing on my mind. Um, we talked about Kevin Lee's tattoo. In your mind, who has the best tattoo or tattoos in the game? <sighs> I'll, tell, I'll tell you, mine, mine used to be, but I don't think he's no longer on the UFC roster. And I'm told the name's dating me, but I feel like you, the encyclopedia of MMA, will come up with the name. Who's okay. the guy, um, big WEC guy? Um, he had like a skin issue. Um, he Scott Jorgensen. Scott Jorgensen. He was my favorite. Yeah. Scott Jorgensen has some good ink. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. He spent a lot of money on his. Yeah, I like I like his. Jorgensen's good. Yeah, I um, I don't really know off the top of my head, man. I'd have to think about that for a minute. I'd have to think. Sometimes okay. less is more. Sometimes high quality less is more. 
Because like otherwise you get like the Darren Tills of the world. Oh. <laughs> with a giant and, portrait of a chick on your arm. And we figure out who that chick is. I think it's one of his baby mamas. Okay. One of his. One of his baby mamas. Don't people don't forget that the Alan Belcher, speaking of bad tattoos, Alan Belcher just won his bare knuckle boxing uh debut this last weekend on BKFC. So shout out to BKFC. Uh Alan Belcher fought as heavyweight. If you're not familiar, you remember Alan Belcher? Is that before your time? Before my time. All right, so go back, watch you some Alan Belcher. Um, Alan Belcher was just a wildly uh, fantastic kickboxer. I believe his MMA career was cut short, had a couple eye injuries, concussion, concussion, thing like that. Was on the verge of a title shot and then got, oh, he got wrestled death by, I believe, Bisping. I think Bisping was able to wrestle death him. It might have been Chael, one of the two. One of the two got wrestled death. Um, it seems more likely that it was Chael, but it yeah. might have been Bisping. Anyway, it doesn't really matter at this point. Bis or Belcher was on track. It was a number one contender fight. A win over it would have given him a shot at Anderson Silva, which mm. I always thought would have been super interesting because Belcher was a highly talented, highly regarded kickboxer. Anyway, he had a giant tattoo of Johnny Cash on his on his arm. Uh, That's cool. It's massive. It's massive. I like it. It. Yeah, but it's also kind of like in that new school portrait, so it kind of looks like a fat hot dog vendor more than it does Johnny Cash. Okay. Do you need me to pull it up? Do you want to see it? I need to see it, too. All right, I got you, buddy. Give me a second. Oh, uh, oh, oh, man. Well, say something while I'm doing that. Um, I'll just keep keep it going. Guys, as we continue on this journey – the best way for us to get bigger, better, have better interviews is for you to share the podcast. As you've seen on our social channel, you just take our story, share it on yours. Who gives a shit? It's fucking, it goes on your story for 24 hours and goes away. Help the boys out. Come on. The, the more we do, the more giveaways we can get, the more we can give back to you guys, the more we can get back to our retreat. Share our stories. Tell people about Punchlist. We're creating something here. You guys are part of it. Let's make it even bigger. Let's check this out here. Oh, yeah. Johnny Kosh has got like a dick on his chin. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Look at that thing. Yeah. It's brutal, right? Yeah. So it's that's a rough tattoo. Um, oh, man. You're making me think of something, too, right now. Um, speaking of speaking of dicks. Um, Oh, there was this singer, um, this old school like soul singer that had a sword right here on his chin. If you if you come up with this, I'm gonna just praise you right now. I'm blanking on the name. He's old um, school. Yeah, like he's, he's like a soul singer, and he has this like sword on his chin. Right, but when you say old school, like this person ex- like was famous a long time ago. Yes, and he had a sword tattooed on his face on his chin. Yeah. Um, oh, are man. we sure about this? Yeah, I'm gonna post it on our Instagram right after the show ends, and I'm gonna be like, "Damn it! I wish that I was savvy enough to remember that mid-show. I'm not right now." Um, White guy or black guy? Black guy. Yeah. Well, are you talking about like Sam Cook? Like Sam Cook had a <laughs> sword on his face? What are we? Talking no, about it's here? it's the most wonky sword. It's it's so limp. It's a it's a dick, but it's a sword. Um, what old person would have a sword tattooed on their face? Oh, dude, it's so good. 
uh, if I can remember the song, it's something like, um, uh, uh, 1927 is one of the songs. It's like, oh, 1927. Uh, what? The fucking rain coming down. What the hell are you talking about? 19, 1927. If you Google that and Google a uh, black dude with dick sword tattoo, I guarantee it's going to happen. I'll find it, dude. I'll find it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> This Super is, relevant to the MMA world. This is a don't worry, I'll find mystery it. to me. Dude, the entire week leading up to this event, I'm only going to play that dude's music All on right, social. Enough. Fair okay. enough. All right. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for tuning in the live stream. If you don't do so and you listen to this in audio format, consider joining us for the live stream. If you don't, that's fine too, man. <laughs> that's fine. We do the live stream because our software allows us to. Um, we just appreciate the support. So talk to you guys this weekend. Love you. Be good to each other. Bang, bang.